Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. We have a wonderful guest today on our podcast. He's not only a pastor, but a small church expert, blogs, books, travels, both near and far. Welcome to the podcast, Carl Vaders. Good to be with you, Craig. Talk about the benefits of pastoring a small church. There are, yeah, there are so many, and I want to be careful when I talk about the benefits of a small church. I, I'm always careful because when you talk about the benefits of a small church, the only way to do that is in some ways to contrast to that to the large church, and it makes it sound like I'm putting a large church down. So all of this to say I am not putting the large church down, but we do have to recognize that there are benefits to the small. Um, one of the, most of the benefits of the small church, well, most obvious ones, are to the people in the church themselves. Um, when you ask the average small church attender, for instance, why they attend a small church, by far the most frequent answer is this, the pastor knows my name. Uh-huh. Um, th- yeah, there are a lot of people in churches who have the idea that they want to be pastored by their pastor. Um, Now, that's not necessary for everybody. There's a lot of people in big churches who have never met the pastor other than a quick handshake. The pastor would know their name, and they're okay with that because they're being pastored in small groups or on ministry teams. As long as they're being pastored, that's fine. So it's not, again, a slam against the big church, but there are a whole lot of people out there. I would say maybe half the body of Christ uh, who are built in a way where it's important to them that when they have a need, that when they need to be prayed for, that they want to reach out for some spiritual sustenance, that the person they can get on the phone is the person who preached on Sunday morning. That, that matters to them. That's not required for everybody, but that matters to a lot of people. On the other side of that, most of the pastors that I meet need, as part of their own uh, ministry mix, they need to be accessible to the congregation members. Sure. Uh, and so the small church allows for the small church pastor, for the person whose gifting is to pastor a small group of people, it allows for them to, to, to renew that gifting and then to actually be a part of the local congregation rather than just a big head on a screen talking to large groups. Right. In a, across sometimes multiple campuses as well. Which, yeah, uh, I, which again, there's nothing, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Big churches, healthy big churches Virtually every one of them will tell you we need to grow bigger and smaller at the same time. And what they mean by that is the bigger we get, the more important it is to uh, plug everybody into a small group so that they are being pastored within a relationship group. And that's so as long as you are in a relationship group of other fellow Christians and there's somebody who's fulfilling a pastoral role in your life. That doesn't matter if it's a small group within a big church or if it's a small church, but you have to have that small dynamic. But there's a lot of people, again, probably about half the Christians in the world, but if our, the statistics I see are accurate, that really want to do that, not in a small group within a big church, but within a small church. If you had to go back, Carl, and uh, talk to young Carl uh, in those first five years out of Bible college, uh, and the elder Carl, Carl that is you now, 
what would you tell uh, young Pastor Carl that uh, would be of wisdom and benefit? Wow. Um, probably something. Hey, well, welcome to our psychology and therapy. Yeah, side. I know, right? It, it turned into that really fast. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm familiar with that because I have gone to therapy and pastoral ministry put me there. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very well. Oh, I've, I've been on both sides of that couch. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, probably what I would tell myself is um, faithfulness is more important than uh, any picture you might have of success. Mm-hmm. Um, do, doing, following Christ faithfully, being a representative of him um, in, in groups small and large and even one-on-one is far more important than the number you fill out on a sheet of paper at the end of the year to send into your denomination. Right, yeah. Yeah. I have a, a, a good friend, Dan Rupel, that has been in media because that's my that's my wheelhouse is media, and he's won Emmy awards for working for CBS, and he, he came three times to speak at a uh, Concordia University, Irvine, not down far down the road from where I used to be and where you live. Yeah, and uh, he would speak to my class, and he said, "Don't don't aim." for success aim for significance there you go and i never forgot that which is why i'm bringing it up now i thought how apropos how how germane to our day and age where everyone a lot of people vast majority want to be successful but who wants to be significant you look at the life of jesus his ministry was he a success well maybe in a way but they nailed him to a tree and killed him um to a cross, but was he significant? The most significant human being, God, man, that's ever lived in this world. You know, you you can be significant in both large church, uh, house church, small church, missionary, evangelist, teacher, preacher, but I think that's sort of been forgotten these days. Would you agree? I I agree. I, I I'm I'm. I actually had a conversation with some of our staff members, uh, some of our and our volunteers at the church this morning about this. And as we were talking about um, just kind of the whole you know social media thing and everybody seeming to want a big platform, um, it occurred to me, and this is going to be part of probably my next book as well as as I'm in the middle of writing it. We we often many of us live our lives, especially here in America, as as rugged individualists on one side. Mm-hmm. And then on a, on a corporate massive level on social media where millions of people can potentially watch what we do or where we're, where we're receiving input from massive corporations and huge media conglomerates. And so we're, we're jumping back and forth between fiercely individualistic and, and massive, uh, massive media influence. And where we're, where we're missing, <clears throat> most of us, is in the middle part of a community of people who know and love one another. And if all you're doing is jumping back and forth between sitting in your house alone and sitting in your house alone while on media or consuming media for the mass market, and you're missing the community in the middle, that's where health is. Uh. Toggling back and forth between individuality and mass media is really unhealthy. Community is found 
in the middle, in small groups, in family units, in small churches, in a small group within your large church, speaking in community, to community, from community, that's where healthfulness is. Uh, but the toggling back and forth between fear individuality and massive media is producing some really empty and shallow and, um, and vacant people who, because there's no health in that. It, it's, it's all give, all take, and there's, there's none of that community vibrancy that, that Jesus really sent us, uh, sent the church to be, and that's where the health is. Good, good wisdom there. Good insight. We're talking on the podcast today, if you're just joining us, with Pastor Carl Vaders, V-A-T-E-R-S, who is a pastor for 30 years or more of a small church, vibrant church in Orange County, California, Cornerstone. And my wife, Rebecca, and I have attended. It was very close to us when we lived in Costa Mesa, not far uh, not far down the road. You can find Carl at carlvaders.com. As I said, Vaders with a V, Carl with a K. But also he's part of uh, some other things. Carl, you're part of uh, a writer for Christianity Today, if I remember correctly. Is that true? Yes, I have. I'm on a bit of a hiatus from that, but I'm about to get back to that pretty soon. But you have written for them. I have, yeah, many, many times. I, my, I actually have a blog that is stationed at Christianity Today, yeah. But you also have a uh, um, new small church, am I right? Actually, no, you mentioned it earlier. I, that is now carlvaders.com. Oh, I see. It switched yeah. over. I got yeah, you. Yeah, switched over, yeah. I remember there's a couple times I would talk about media in the church, and, and you would pick up some of my threads on that and, and post it there as well. Let's, talk about, let's make the switch for a moment about media. Here we, we live in a media-drenched, media-saturated world. People look at their, um, not so much their iPads or their laptops as much anymore as they do their cell phones. It's uh, cell phone, mobile phone across the world is an extension of a person. It's mine. I can hold it in my hand and it brings me the world and I can talk to the world, which means that for no matter the size of a church, a fellowship, a congregation, a pastor or a leader can speak across the world, good, bad, or ugly, about Christianity and such. You've seen some big changes in the last 10 or 15 years for small churches and their presence on media. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah, there's been a whole lot, especially over this last season when uh, you know COVID came in and the lockdowns occurred. Uh, you know, in, in churches all around the world, um, uh, pastors had to go from being in person one Sunday to having to figure out how to uh, live stream their church service the very next Sunday while being stuck in their, in their house by themselves. Um, and in large churches, they made the pivot real easy. Most of the large churches were already doing a live stream. So now just a mat- it was just a matter of telling, you know, the, the congregation, hey, y'all just watch the live stream for the next few weeks, which turned into months yeah. uh, in most places. But in most small churches, uh, if they were doing a live stream, it wasn't much more than somebody, you know, w- with a cell phone uh, through Facebook Live from the front pew. Mm-hmm. And most small churches, including ours, uh, we weren't even doing a live stream on a Sunday morning. So we had, we had you know, just a few days. On Sunday, we met in person. On Tuesday, everything was locked down. And by the next Sunday, we had to have a live stream up again. And so um, in a lot of 
uh, so this whole technical revolution in large churches, the technical revolution has really been a boon. A lot of them will say, will tell you, we've got more people watching online than we have in person. We've been able to see salvations and, and we've been able to do discipleship and it's all been great. So a lot of the, what is perceived of as a blessing in a, in a large church is a, a burden in a small church. Why? Because all of a sudden we have to figure out how to do it and we don't have the technical know-how. And see, now you're talking about something I, uh, that, that really has, I, I, I got to be honest to every, anyone that's listening. Uh, in August, I walked away from consulting churches because the number one issue to them was what camera should I buy? It yeah. wasn't about how do we do church differently? It's what camera? And I'm telling you, brother, there's no way in the world that I'm going to bring that camera any closer than the back of the auditorium. Even if there's empty seats, it, the stu- Carl, the stubbornness I, I heard and received from pastors who would not even listen to a professional was beyond description. And so the Lord just said, walk away from it. Um, and that's probably not what you want to hear or small churches want to hear, but it's because you just said it. The churches that were bigger were already doing media and they just transitioned with that. But small churches now needed to be able to reach their congregations. Some of them did it well. Some of them did it poorly. Some of them, they learned as they went like, like anything. And I don't know how to answer that question. It's like over and over again, 98% of it was technical. How do I plug in the gear? And I'm thinking, you should have known that before. It's like Noah, uh, you know, saying, get on the ark, and and you didn't do it. I I don't know how better to say that. Uh, And and I'm coming across as a diatribe here, but I, I have never been more frustrated in 40 years than with churches in the last nine months, still thinking, all I need to do is set up a camera in the back of the auditorium and we sing and we preach, that's all we need. Yeah, no, I, fu- I fully agree. Um, part of what I'm beginning to put together in my own, in my own ministry, I'm even actually going to be doing some YouTube uh, how-to videos on YouTube uh, about some of those exact things, simple things like, you know, m- make, sure that the, <laughs> make sure that the window is in front of you and not behind you. Sure. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> right. We've got yeah. we got a whole bunch of, of silhouettes talking to us because they're standing in front of the window. Right. <laughs> uh, or or get rid of the clutter behind you, or like you just said, get a lot closer, or uh, speak through the earbud. It's a much better microphone than a camera than than, a, than an iPhone that's twenty feet away from you, and, and you're using the 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 microphone on the on the phone itself and you sound like you're speaking through a long tube i saw carl i saw a camera that was uh, perched in the balcony yeah oh yeah yeah and 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 some of that like you said some of it like 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 i said some of it is uh we we don't know any better all of a sudden i had to figure out how to live stream so we did the best we could but here's the deal if you're not learning and taking advice from experts such as yourself or simple things like I just did. I'm not a, an expert, but I can tell when I'm watching a bad video. And when I tell you, raise your camera so it's not shooting from below your chin, but above your forehead, we don't want to see that double chin. 
And, and, and some people won't even listen to that simple piece of advice about raising your arm up. So you're looking up to the camera instead of down at it. Or like I said before, the, you know, the light behind light source behind you instead of in front of you. And so it's not, if it's a matter of, I don't know, and I'm learning, God bless you. I'll go with you all the way to the, to the end on that one. But if it's a matter of, no, that's where we've always had it. This is how I've always done it. Tell me a better piece of equipment to use so I can continue to do it badly. Then I'm with you on your diatribe. This is not, these are people who aren't learning. This is a stubbornness that refuses to learn. And the message of Jesus Christ deserves better than that. You're talking about excellence. And over and over again, that's what I preach as a professional. We, we serve the God of the universe who created this world just by speaking it into existence. And we as sons and daughters of the Most High God should be the most creative people on this planet simply because we serve the creator of the universe. And over and over again, we settle for less. Well, I tried or it was good enough. Now, having said that, which is, the, which is the dessert to my diatribe. I smile as I say that, maybe with a cherry on top of the, of the cake or pie, um, is the fact that, just like I said to you, Carl, or suggested that a Christian college or university, for every minister that's trying to obtain a diploma or a degree should have a course on small churches. So I also believe that ministers should have one semester class on media, how to produce it, how to create content, how to distribute it, how to connect everything from social media to, to videos, because in a media saturated and drenched world, if you don't have a media, a, a way to create a media presence, that you can interact with a community, just a great word that you use, and apropos, apropos word, then you're missing the ability to meet and, and uh, reach out and touch people that are outside the four walls of your ministry. And I just, I just, I, I don't touch the Bible with that. I touch all the film books that I have in my library with that. If you want, especially young people, if you can, in the first four seconds, someone on a live stream that is not a normal viewer decides whether or not they want to watch your live stream. At the 42 second mark, they decide whether they still want to watch your live stream. And a live stream is not the same live video. It's not the same as a live event because uh, you know, on Sunday mornings, we can't go to church, Rebecca and I. So we watch uh, Pastor Greg Laurie at Harvest Church in Riverside. But while he's speaking or this, the singing's happening, happening, either one of us, Rebecca and I, can just get up and go get a cup of coffee and just walk back 10 feet. And I can still hear Pastor Greg speaking and enjoy his message. That's not the same as a live event. You're not going to get out of 200 people at your Cornerstone Church Carl, getting up in the middle of you speaking to go get a cup of coffee in the back foyer or foyer. It, the dynamic and the, um, the way that you present the gospel in a live video is a completely different experience. And you must 
and other pastors must have, must learn that as they go along, don't you think? Yeah, un- unquestionably, everything you've just described is completely accurate. So, you know, in a larger congregation like, you know, uh, Harvest with Greg Laurie, uh, there's going to be a, a level of technical excellence that obviously the average small church uh, and small church pastor that I'm ministering to can't even begin to approach. Right. So part of the, part of the challenge is don't, uh, nobody needs to hear what you're saying, Craig, and feel discouraged by it because we're not talking about a level of technical and video excellence that matches what Greg Glory does at Harvest. That's not, that's not what you are talking about. That's not what I'm talking that's true. about. That's true. What, what we're talking about is understanding the, that the way somebody watches something from their home is different from the way somebody does it when they're physically in the room and adapting to that. And it doesn't take a lot of money to do that. It simply takes the awareness to adjust things to that. So we've had to learn that in the last few months as we've got live stream. So that, for instance, we regular, when we say hi to everybody, we greet people in the room, on the patio, because we do a patio on the patio service for people who aren't uh, comfortable coming into the room yet because of you know, very understandable reasons during the virus. So we, we, but we specifically address everybody in the room, outside and at home, we welcome you today. A simple thing like that acknowledgement and look at the camera when you greet people online. And then later on, as we acknowledge it, we, we, we bring them into the process of that. We have, for instance, one of our staff members who is on YouTube on our live chat. And we tell them, if you are online and watching on YouTube, you can say hi in the chat. And, and then we name whoever the, the pastoral staff member is. They're on there with you today. You can ask them a question. They'll answer uh, back again. If you made a decision for Christ or you have questions about it, you can put it in the chat uh, before you leave. So a simple acknowledgement and an understanding of how they can access information rather than just simply sticking a camera in front of me, talking to the people in the room as though there's nobody on the other end of the camera. It's, and and that, that costs... Oh, I, that costs zero money <laughs> right. to acknowledge the online people and give them an opportunity to engage in the chat. You're exactly right. So this right. isn't a big church, small church thing. This is an awareness thing. Years ago, I was in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, and uh, consulting a church, really good church out on the coast, on the East Coast where the uh, Atlantic Ocean was, and um, talked to a, a good friend who was the media pastor. And he was showing me their, the church's, uh, you know, the, the control room for all the cameras and such. And it wasn't a big church. It was maybe 300 people. But they had a couple of cameras, two, three cameras. They were really trying hard, doing, doing well with what they had. And he said, some, said something I never forgot. He says, we have uh, one of our pastors during our live events on Wednesdays and on a couple services on Sunday. We always make sure that one of our assistant pastors is in the control room on the live chat. We get, we get people from all over the world that are watching our live stream. It's amazing. They're not just in Puerto Rico. And any questions that people have on the, on the chat box, the chat line, our assistant pastor who, who has a background in counseling and ministry will answer their questions so that we don't lose that connection with them, whether it's how do, I, how do I get a book? Can you send me a Bible? Can you pray for my son? 
Um, uh, you know, how do I get more materials from your, any and everything that they might ask? Because those are people that are inquiring and you don't want to lose them. And what you yeah. just said about the chat as well, inspired me to, to mention that if there's a pastor or staff or ministers out there listening to our podcasts uh, today, make sure there's someone on your staff or someone that's, that has wise counsel that can be there responding to chats and to the questions there. And also try to get uh, emails, addresses, or uh, you know where you can find them on Twitter or Facebook and such. So you can continue that dialogue. You don't want them to just disappear. I appreciate what you're saying there. Very insightful conversation with Pastor Carl Vaders. And please join us in the next episode and we will learn more. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig.